Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, what a lineup we have coming up for you as we finish up the month. NBA Friday doubleheader on ESPN, including Steph and the Warriors. Mexico City Grand Prix Sunday afternoon on ABC. Next week, Lions host their first Monday night football game since 2018. Oh, wow. As they square off against the Raiders. By the way, before we start our new hour, can we talk about this? Was this the best catch of the day? Might it have been the best of the season from Jake Bobo in the corner of the end zone yesterday? Listen, you listen, you talk about Jake Bobo in Seattle. They absolutely love him. Geno Smith says he just gets open. Q Diggs says he's amazing. Look at this catch. Getting the feet in. Okay. No DK Metcalf. No problem. We got 499 in the 40. Jake Bobo to throw the football <laughs> to. But he got catch. He said 499. That's, That's an unbelievable catch. I love yeah. the right foot getting down. That's a great catch. That's actually true, though. You, he ran 499? At Pro Day. What did you run? 7-2. Was it faster than you or not? 4 too long. 499 is faster than me, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking the question. Did you see how long it took him to run out of the back of the end zone to the sidelines? Twice in two weeks. It took a long I ran a 6-2. Bam, shot fire. You did ran not. a 6-2 my sophomore. No way did you run a 6-2. 6-2? We ain't talking about his height. D- doesn't Rich Eisen run faster than that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are Man, I had I spent my whole high school life in jump soles. You remember jump soles? Yeah. Just to try to get down to like a 5-3. In other news, we welcome you back to another hour coming up live from the seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. The group is perfect today. Fired up. And we start with a Super Bowl preview. You can do anything, Sunday kids. Night. Dolphins, Eagles, Tua, Jalen, former teammates. Who would get the best of this matchup? Early second quarter tied at three. Dallas Goddard on the screen. Yeah, this is an RSO, run screen option. They get all-out pressure from Miami. He sees that you're going to get uncovered to Dallas Goddard. Kick it to him, touchdown. By the way, if you don't love those Eagles uniforms, then you and I are not friends. Uh, Four minutes to go in the half. Fourth and three, Eagles go for it. Yeah, special play by Jalen Hurts. Nothing's there. Gets outside of the pocket. Keeps his eyes downfield, finds his best friend, A.J. Brown, who stays alive for him, down to the one. Down to the one, but that might as well be a touchdown, right, Rex? Because we all know what they're going to do for Yes, him. we do, and here it comes. And it was good because I had Jalen Hurts in my fantasy squad. I'll take the touchdown. There you go. It's pounded on in there. Best play 32 in career rushing touchdowns, tying Randall Cunningham for most by a quarterback in Eagles history. Eagles up 17-3. Looks like they have control of the game, but Tua and Tyreek make the big play. Unreal at the line of scrimmage. Tyreek splits a double team and then the perfect throw on red zone fade. Is that not national championship Devontae Smith? Yeah, yeah, So it's a seven-point game, and then R.C., what do tips become? They become interceptions. Tips and overthrows. Gotta get those. (laughs) when you guys say that. Jerome Baker takes it in. It's a pick six, and just like that, the Dolphins have tied the game at 17. So the question is, who's going to make the big play? Dan, what was the answer? Yeah, it's going to be Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Yep. That short in, he doesn't run the coverage, stay boring in that soft spot, and then yards after the catch. And then to me, this was the biggest play of the game. It's 24-17. Dolphins are threatening. And then R.C., the Eagle defense, makes a huge play. Listen, Darius Slay, he goes by big 
play Slay. And there's no play bigger in the game than this. It's sort of a switch route in the red zone. Yeah. He comes off of his guy, gets the pick. It's a terrible return. I'm going to text him about that. But it's a great play on the yeah, ball. Slay, that's embarrassing with the ball in his hands. But I can't wait to break that one down with RC. It's a really good job by him. Now the Eagles have an ensuing drive. And twice on this drive, including there deep in their own yeah. territory. They go for it on the fourth and shorts with the tush push. That's because they understand it's the most unstoppable play in football. They get a timeout, go back on the field on their own 25, and go for it. And then how about the play call here, Dan? Yeah, you catch a little Ooh. bit of a fire zone. It's a double move to A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts gives him a, a chance to go make that. He's getting dragged around. Just that strength and physicality shows up. He has really elevated in the last few weeks. Ten catches, 137 yards for him. Ooh. Kenneth Gainwell takes it in for the touchdown, and we're done. Who was the 17? Who was the strict coach in charge of in charge of wide receivers at Ole, Ole Miss? Miss. Yeah, yeah, no oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we weren't going to start there, but I will just a quick moment. AJ Brown. I mean, it's worth. Beast. We talk about the best receivers in the game. Usually, his name doesn't come up, but yeah. the last five. This has become his. And we also have to think about this. Remember the altercation or interaction between he and Jalen Hurts yeah. on the sideline yes. versus Minnesota. Minnesota was playing that drop eight. A.J. Brown couldn't really get going. The next two drives, they throw him double moves. And then we've seen that continue right. throughout the rest of the season, and it's paying off. It's not like they're forcing him the ball or giving him attempts, and they're not seeing it be successful or him be productive. Look, I, I think the Eagles aren't the Eagles without this guy. Yeah. And we saw it last year. What was the difference? It wasn't just that the brotherly shove. It was this guy coming to the football team. Made, made the quarterback a billion dollars. This guy is unreal. Boy, if I'm a Titan fan, I kind of wish is, I had. Yeah, this yeah. Is not, and this is not hyperbole in any way. This is what and, – and Donovan McNabb was a better player than Jalen Hurts was when he got T.O., but this is what happened to mm. Donovan McNabb when T Terrell Owens was acquired. Mm. It's the right. same sort of jump, the same sort of productivity, and we're seeing A.J. Brown have that sort of effect. And Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, I yep. mean, those things Absolutely. make a difference. But what, what Brown also does – is he sort of perfectly encapsulates the identity of this Eagles team. And so what does that bring us to as we circle all the way back, big picture, Eagles, Dolphins, Super Bowl kind of preview matchup? What did it teach Physical us? Physical teams always beat finesse teams any day of the week, Grady. That's what happens. That's what happened in this game. The more physical team won the game. You know what's more impressive about what Rex is saying is that when I look at the Dolphins, they're not a finesse team to me. The, the Dolphins do a lot of dress-up, right? They, they, they do a lot of makeup with, with the, the motions and the different things that they get your eyes locked in on. Window but they, dressing. But, they yeah, but, they are, but they're a physical football team. They're a running football team. They're a team that can pound you up front. And the Philadelphia Eagles made them look soft. The yes. Philadelphia Eagles inverted the line of scrimmage the entire day. They didn't move with the motions. They played this game vertically. And because of that, the run game couldn't get going. And Tua Tungavaloa couldn't get comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. This was masterful by this Philadelphia Eagles. RC, I always agree with you, except with that statement right there. I don't see... Miami is a physical team. There's two reasons why. Number one, they're horrendous at stopping the run. They actually were good uh, yesterday. All right, and they go back to week one when they gave up 350 yards to the Chargers. Right, doesn't happen. Okay, the other reason I say that is they rely on you to to be on your heels. Mm. They don't just pound the ball right down your throat. Okay, and so to me, that's why I think all that motion, that window dressing, and all yeah. that, that's that is the finesse part of it. Look, I love the offense. Don't get me wrong, I love the offense, but when it comes down to it, when the snow flies, 
physical teams are going to win. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I worry about with this Miami team. Are they going to be able to take their team on the road, yeah. go into Kansas City, yeah. go into wherever, and, and, and win those games? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think when the snow flies and that stuff doesn't work for Mike McDaniel, how does he adjust? You know, some of the emotions that didn't impact the defense. You know, not being able to dictate to Philadelphia defensively and get into, like, really favorable situations and get some of the free stuff. How does he adjust? Because this is the second time, and that's what I'm most interested to see right now. This is the second time some of those unique formations and or motions didn't get them what I call like free, cheap, or easy yards for this offense. Hassan Reddick and the way that they tried to manipulate him or dictate to him, he was the best player on the field defensively. Shout out to Sean Desai as well for Philadelphia's defense, their defensive coordinator. Yeah. It was awesome what he did. In many ways, they copied that Buffalo bl- blueprint. They did. They played for that zone defense. They kept everything top down. They played with those two safeties. They never overreacted to the motion. And therefore, Miami was so consistently in third and like 10, third and 11. And that's not their style and, of offense. And that's the other thing, too, though. The Miami Dolphins don't run a ton of plays. They just have a ton of window dressing. 100%. And what happens is they get you in bad matchups, and the Tyreek Hills and the Jalen Waddle, who was banged up last night, the Raheem Mostert's, they win those one-on-one matchups. Last night, they couldn't do that. Right. They never got the Philadelphia Eagles on their heels. And I think it was the physicality of Philadelphia's offense, keeping them off right. the field, continuing to turn out first downs, that made it difficult on Tua Tonga. We have not seen them. We've seen them trail two times, yeah. and we haven't seen them excel offensively in those situations. They only uh, had eight possessions yeah. in a game. Yeah. yeah. Eight that's a huge. That, that's a huge story. Like, yeah. yeah. That's a huge deal with Philadelphia. Every time someone plays Philadelphia, <laughs> in part because they're so efficient on offense and they're so good at that brotherly shove, tush-push situation, you're going to lose out on two possessions. I would imagine Miami averaged 10 or 11 a game oh, going yeah. into last oh. night, only getting eight. That, that, that's why, like, the, the, the first drive when they throw the touchdown pass and the flag gets yeah. pulls it back, that's huge because you get three instead of seven. The, the dropped touchdown to Tyreek Hill, that's, that's three instead of seven. So, you know, when you take away those two possessions, we only get six and we only got six points. The, the fourth down to Cedric Wilson, that takes 100%. points, that takes points right. off the board. You can get a field goal. And, but I think that's where we haven't seen this team a lot this year, which is chasing. What, what does Mike McDaniel do when he's chasing? Can he be patient enough yeah. to kick that field goal? Can he understand ways of creating offense when it isn't just churning out the explosive plays? The two games that they were limited in explosive plays, yeah. they struggled offensively, and yeah. we watched Tua Tagovailoa turn the football over. Meanwhile, let's make sure we spend at least a moment here giving some brotherly love to the Philadelphia quarterback. We, we spent yeah. a lot of last Monday, yeah. rightfully so, yeah. critical of his play. He had a bad day against the Jets. He needed to bounce back last night. And he did exactly that. He absolutely that. did. The empty, the two-by-two two protection, some of the playmaking, getting A.J. Brown the football, getting Dallas Goddard the football on a bunch of crossers. But we all felt he was going to bounce back. Like, yeah, sure. we, we all felt like but isn't this the, But back. isn't this the answer to the Micah Parsons question? Why doesn't, why doesn't Jalen Hurts receive some of the reaction he feels Dak Prescott receives? It's because we believe this. Good point. We believe that since Jalen Hurts has become Jalen Hurts, he's fought through the games of adversities. He's found ways to get back centered and win games for the Philadelphia Eagles. And yesterday, they won this game on his legs and his arms. Our gentlemen, by the way, I'm being told I have some breaking news now for the group right now. Cindy, can you roll it, please? We have found the tape. Uh, this is what you're about to see here is going to be uh, as soon as there this is Dan Orlovsky's 40. Uh, we do have the 40. Uh, hey, bro. Dan was talking about his 40. I didn't get invited to the combine. Look at the hand. 
Oh, I love the fact that you got the white tights on. That's a very brave move in case your stomach start bubbling. See? Oh, look at the young 499. Look at the young dad. I see you, dad. I think that's an unofficial time. Hey, Chubby Dan. Bro, Chubby Dan. A couple of things takeaway wise. I do pull tip like that. I was just going to say. What a staff we have. My wife is a very beautiful woman. I have no idea how she married me with hair like that. No. Yeah, we all feel that question. Hey, can you bring can you bring Thick Dan back? Very good question. Thick Dan? I, like I was it. probably like 240 there. Thick Dan. Yeah, calves and everything, Dano. <laughs> Why am I wearing them shorts, coach? <laughs> that's a, that's a, Man, that boy <laughs> built like that boy built like a thick Tom Brady. Anyway. That was worth the departure. <laughs> yeah. All right, as we continue, where is the love? Oh What's going on with Jordan and Green Bay? Uh, the Packers get this thing all wrong. We're talking about it. Plus, it doesn't look like it's getting any better for another former Packer in Vegas. What should Devontae Adams do now? Has to be traded. Spoiler alert. We're back in just a moment. <laughs> Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Come on, get up. 
Uh, before we go on, uh, we showed you this as part of a highlight a little earlier, but I think it needs to be spotlighted. This is Ronnie Stanley. This doesn't need the to left be spotlighted. Back. How would you describe what he does to Kirby Joseph here, RC? That this is why they have weight classes in fighting. <laughs> and ain't no, this is, we ain't supposed to be there. You don't wrestle one guy that's 320 against a guy that's 200. But then it's all the extra, though. Like, why we got to be extra? Do you know, my, my parents watched the game. And so now my parent got to be at home like, oh, look at this guy drag my son into the stands. It's disrespectful. Yeah. And I hate big guys. Kirby yeah. Joseph, your guy, too, right? Yeah, I really yeah. love him. You know, Odell runs him over later. It was a tough day, man. There'll be some pancakes day. shared over that one tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Let's run the hurry up. Other games. Ravens crush the Lions 38-6. RC, are the Ravens the sneaky best team in the AFC? I believe they are if they play this way. When you saw what they were able to do offensively, the wide receivers making the catches on Lamar Jackson's perfect throws, and then Lamar being special only when he had to be. I thought it was an amazing day by this offense, amazing day by Todd Munkin, and Mike McDonald has this defense playing at a very high level mm. with Roquan Smith, as Rex mentioned earlier. Danny, is that Lamar Jackson's best game? Yeah, that's the best game that I've seen Lamar as a passer when it comes to all yeah. those different throws, and I think the most shocking thing is this. The Baltimore Ravens are a top five pass game in the NFL. Think about that when it comes to Lamar Jackson and this offense. Yeah, they, they should two, be undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, they, Tommy. they really should be undefeated. Let's face it, when they got beat by Pittsburgh, they had oh, eight drops. Yeah. Three of those uh, were Touch, touchdowns. touchdowns yep. So, to me, this team could be undefeated. They're not. But, man, oh, man, are they dangerous. Also, when they play that too, way, to your point. What a wake-up call, too, for the Detroit Lions. you got to show up oh, every week. Man, they didn't play well. They didn't play well. I think it's a bad day more than a bad sign Agreed. for them. I think uh, it's a bad both, sign. Yeah. Because? And it be, and it because they couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. Lamar no one does against Lamar. I'm just saying you can't have nine seconds to throw the but football the thing is, though, enough and people, eight seconds in the red zone. I'm sorry. Enough people have gotten got One guy can rush the pass to create sacks, forced fumbles. You know, until the third game of the season That's against true. Atlanta, they weren't creating any pressure. You're right, right Rex. The Lions yeah. were done the minute I called them the best team in the league last week. That was pretty much <laughs> the end of them. Next, uh, the Falcons hold off Tampa yesterday. And what was a, a pretty entertaining game? Desmond Ritter had three turnovers in the red zone in this game. Dan, a lot of people believe he's holding the Falcons back. What do you say? Yeah, only one. One of them is on him. I, I actually thought Desmond played another very good football game. Now, the first fumble we just saw, not on him. The second fumble we just saw, not on him. The third one, this is on Desmond. He's six inches from the red zone or other, the end zone. Other hand. I was, yeah, RC, put yeah, that ball in the left hand. So that's absolutely a learning moment. They're starting to run him a lot more in the red zone. So Arthur Smith is going to do a great job of coaching him through that, I guess we, I would call it, mistake. But those other two fumbles, yeah, not on I him. Think- I thought Desmond Hitter played really big. And also, he makes a huge throw to Kyle Pitts to get yes. them in the field goal range. Yeah, well, let's you- say this. They're, re- they're winning because of their defense. I agree. So, and like this Desmond uh, Ritter, I'm sitting back going, you, I mean, I, I don't think he's where you think he is as a quarterback. I, I, I think he is holding this team back a little bit. By the way, just sprint in the end zone. Put it in, the, in your left yeah. hand, sprint in there. And look at the there. weapons, He'll learn from it, I'm They've sure. got so right. many they weapons won. on the other, yeah, the other piece of it, 16 points. The other piece of it is this. That they, they did score 16 points. Yesterday, B. John Robinson wasn't yeah. available. That's yeah. He was sick. But you think about the Houston Texans fourth quarter, that last drive. You think about the way he finished this game. This game there are some good things yeah. we're seeing from Desmond Ritter, I think what we're looking at is the whole of the roster. Right. When you have a Kyle Pitts, when you have a Drake London, when you have a B. John Robinson, we're expecting you to succeed and produce more offensively. All right, one more I want you to hear. The Raiders got drubbed 
by the Bears and a backup quarterback yesterday. After the game, Devontae Adams, who's had a lot to say lately, was asked if the Raiders can turn this thing around. As long as I'm here, I'm going to have confidence and, and do what i got to do, do my part to make sure that I'm helping, you know, the guys around me and, and um, you know, we're going to work together to try to figure it out. As long as I'm here, what, what does that mean, Dan? What's going to happen now? He should ask to be traded. His Hall of Fame career is being wasted right now. That, that's Devontae Adams is a Hall of Famer. He's trending towards being a Hall of yeah, Famer. Yeah, that's He is being wasted in Las Vegas right now. Three guys that have had as many touchdowns as him by the age of 30, Jerry Rice. Terrell Owens, and Randy Moss. And right now, this is a bad football team. Right now, there's no known future of who's going to be playing quarterback there. And given how great of a talent he is, I don't want to see that player in person wasting away in a place where we don't get to see him in the biggest moment. And you know what, too? Sometimes bad play is contagious. When, when you're around a building – that doesn't foster the type of atmosphere that you need when you're on a team that doesn't have the sort of players or the sort of scheme that allows you as a team to be your best. Also, individuals can be affected. And we watched him last year sort of persevere through some of these things. I think now it's also starting to affect Devontae Adams and his play and trying to strain, trying to do certain things, trying to go above and beyond what you should be asked to do. And if I'm with Dan as well, Devontae Adams wants to win. He's proven everything he needs to as an individual. The Las Vegas Raiders are not the team for him. Well, and I look at it this way. I mean, you're not going to trade him unless you get a heck of a compensation package a for him. Yeah. You shouldn't. And, and quite honestly, Devontae, I mean, Brian Hoyer put a ball in there. Yeah. You couldn't have handed the ball to him, yeah. and he, he had a big drop. So his focus is not, not quite there either. But if I'm the Raiders, I'm going to listen. You have to. And isn't it ironic? One of the best receivers in the history of the game – Randy Moss, the only time I ever saw Randy struggle, he was with the Raiders. Yeah. And now here you got Devontae Adams, who is a Hall of Fame, you know, talented receiver, and he's struggling also with the same organization. But I will say this, Josh McDaniels is not going to just give this guy away. Are you kidding me? No sure. way. Sure. So you better, if you're going to step up, step up with the, the what right I love draft. About, what I love about that is when he left the Raiders, he had 23 touchdowns with the, the New England year. Patriots the next year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, teams that I would think immediately have to call. Kansas City has to call. Kansas City, uh, yes. If I was Buffalo. They're in the same division. You, you, let, let's talk about teams they might trade him to. You're the Raiders are not going to trade him to the Chiefs. We Why? Because they, are, the they aren't competing division. with the Chiefs. No. Well, and, I mean, and, no and one Raiders, is competing uh, with Brady, the Chiefs. Raiders got to get <laughs> a quarterback fair. in 2024, okay? So I don't care if you trade him to – you have to get a quarterback in 2024. The only way you are going to do that is to weaponize yourself with picks to try to go up. So if I was Kansas City, if I would call. If I was Buffalo, even though I love Gabe Davis and I think he's a really good player, I would call. If I was the um, – uh, not Atlanta. Uh, Anyone in the NFC. That's who you, you want to send them to the right. NFC. If I was the Detroit Lions, I'd absolutely call. Um, I think those would be my three teams. I mean, look, I mean, Randy, uh, Randy Moss, uh, Devontae Adams is a player. You, you're making me think of that situation who would completely shift the balance of power if he, he does the right get traded somewhere. The Raiders are three and four, though. Hard to imagine them right. giving up on their season at this point. In the meantime, you know who was not giving up last night, Rex? The Texas Rangers. No, they're not. <laughs> Astros are one win away from the World Series last night. Top of four, tied at one. This is Jonah Heim with a man on. Gone. <laughs> Look at it. There it goes. Is it? Is it? Is it? Yes, it is. It's gone. That's a great dramatic pause. Great dramatic pause from Rex. Kyle Tucker just misses robbing it. Mm. Rangers take a 3-1 lead now. Here's where the ball game is actually won. Astros within 4-2. 
They have the bases loaded and one man out. Jose LeClerc doing the pitching. That's mm. Mauricio Dubon. Uh, we got two outs. Mm. We got to barrel that, Greeny. Mm. You can't now. try to pull that pitch. Send it the other it. way. Throw your kid. hands at it. John okay. Singleton. Mm-hmm. What do we throw? Oh, high heat. It's so tantalizing. 92 mile an hour cutter. I, I want it. Cutter at 92. LeClerc gets out of the inning. Rangers avoid trouble now. Adelis Garcia. Bases loaded. Rex. Oh, oh, oh my God. Maybe you should have hit him again. Don't give up the grand slam. You hang it, we bang it. Boom. All the way to a game seven. seven tonight. Again, the home team has not yet won a game in the series. Coming up, tainted love. What is going on with Jordan in Green Bay? Have the Packers gotten their Aaron Rodgers succession all wrong? Plus, here's a question. Should Tyrod Taylor be QB1 for the Giants? Should Danny Dimes be on the bench? RC will explain his tweets. And it is a regular tradition. Here we go, Rex. Who is the youngest NFL player? Patrick Mahomes certainly could win MVP this year. Oh, come on. Who was the youngest NFL player at the time of his third MVP? Award. Looks like Himbo's tired of losing. Yeah, that's a, a jerk question. Well, He's tired not? of losing. Answers next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right, let me say this. The room seems to think it's not a good question, right? Do we I, like think it's, I, I think the question has zero integrity. We're, we're, we're questioning the question. Patrick Mahomes is fabulous, and he's young. He could win his third yeah. MVP this season. The question is, who was the youngest player at the time of his third MVP? Yeah, so sure. I'm sitting back and in, in rattling off, well, who won three? Right, right. All right, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. You got three in a row. You know, all these type guys, and I'm like, I got it. It's got to be a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. This is not my final answer. It's got to be a quarterback uh-huh. here because you've got MVP. The only guys that win that award are quarterbacks. So I've really got this down. So Brett Favre should be my answer. I'm going to say Jim Brown. Oh, oh my goodness. No way. Hey, no so, way. It's so close. No, it is Brett Favre. Oh! oh! No! no! Oh! Was 28 in 1997. Oh, 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 o
a horrendous week. Himbo, how cut off Jim too much Brown of his hair? I do it. It's yeah. making him aggressive. How was it not Jim Brown? Yeah, two things. Because Favre uh, won three in a row. Yeah. yeah. Favre, Favre Jim Brown was one year away. One year. One off. year. It was a good guess. Oh, Hembo also got like the most ridiculous haircut I've ever seen. Hembo, in my how life, much but that's a separate conversation. Okay, uh, that's uh, Rex. I, I, like, oh, we all feel bad. Off a street like, get our scene. Was it Gilly? <laughs> what was let's his move name? Along. All right, let's explain the tweet. Here we go. Next stop is the tweet. Oh, Rex is down. I feel bad for Rex now. I feel sad. All right, here we go. It is time for everybody's favorite. RC explaining his tweets Yo. from yesterday. First up, man. Did Todd Munkin and Aaron Glenn have beef? I feel like Todd Munkin saved Boku Cool to pull out in the first half against the Giants. It's been creative, innovative, fun, and timely. The Ravens have also executed it seamlessly. RC, explain that First tweet. off, it's Boku Cool crap. You didn't read the poop emoji. Oh. But anyway, when you look at Todd Munkin, he came print. Yeah, he it doesn't, it print, doesn't print. print. He came out this game like Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, Detroit Lions, did him something. I mean, he was innovative in the past game. He was leaking people out of the backfield, using Lamar's legs to draw them up and get the ball to Mark Andrews. I thought Todd Munkin was masterful yesterday. This is what we expected this offense to be at the beginning of the season, and we finally got to see it come to fruition. Yeah, it was the best game, the, the best their offense has since Lamar was just sort of doing everything a few years ago. Next, and I love this one. What a time to figure out that Kyle Pitts is a very good pass catcher. RC. Kyle Pitts has been playing this year, and it seems like they want to throw the football in Atlanta to John Lou Smith more than they want to throw it to Kyle Pitts. No, throw it to the dude that you drafted top five. Here's the butt catch. Left hand. <laughs> put it to your left cheek. Those are things that only the best in the world can do with the no look. It's also the big catch late in the game in the fourth quarter to put them in position to get Young Way Koo an opportunity to win this game. This is what this dude can do. And if you push the football to him, you'll get more of it. He was supposed to revolutionize the tight position. I agree. Drafted four dude ran 4-4. Four, four. I, 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 I don't understand why they use him so little. Then this last one is really a question that I think is going to get everybody going. And I can only imagine how much response you got to this. Real life question. Tyrod better than Danny. Go. Period. When you look at Tyrod Taylor and this team, they look like an entirely different offense with Tyrod Taylor. And I know what people are going to say. Well, they haven't scored a ton of points. You put yourself in position to beat the Buffalo Bills. You now beat the Washington Commanders. Two touchdown passes yesterday, pushing the football down the field more than Danny Dimes did his entire season so far this year. I'm not saying that Tyrod Taylor should be the starter going forward. But if you want to look at the New York Giants and not say that he's been a steady force and someone that has made this offense look more professional than it has with Daniel Jones, you're out of your mind. Well, I want to come over here for this. Rex, if I can cheer you up a little bit, because I know you're devastated, devastated from that defeat. But the first person who ever gave Tyrod Taylor a chance to be a starting quarterback in the NFL is sitting at our desk. So I will ask you the question. Does this offense look better with Taylor than it does with Daniel Jones? Well, it, it sure does. I mean, it looks better. And the big reason is, is Greeny, Tyrod protects the football. He protects the team by protecting the football. The other thing he does, he's outstanding at throwing the ball outside the numbers when you get certain coverages, especially cover one and things. So to me, yes, I, I understand it. I'm not saying he's a better, a better, you know, talent than Danny Dimes. Yeah. I'm not. I think yeah. that guy's special. But Tyrod Taylor to me, I mean, is an outstanding backup quarterback, but I made him my starter for a reason. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason is protect the football, and he's definitely a good quarterback. Well, so then I'm looking at the question on the screen. 
Are they better off with him? Daniel Jones will come back from injury at some point. Would you consider continuing to play Taylor when that happens? I absolutely would consider playing Tyrod. And the, the main reason right now is the health of the other guy. I'm going to make sure Daniel Jones is 100% healthy before, before I put him back in there. And you know what? I think this could be good for Daniel Jones. Learn what is Tyrod doing protecting that you're not. Right. He's yeah. protecting the football, and he's getting the ball out of his hand. All right. Daniel Jones, my biggest criticism, two of them, not protecting the football and holding the ball too long. Okay, so, one, they're going to play Daniel Jones. They, yeah, they, 100%. I think we all know sure. they will. The okay. question is if they should. They've been better with Tyrod Taylor. One, they've been more explosive on offense than they were with Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. Two, they have way less negative plays. Yep. And three, he hasn't given the ball away. I think the most difference – or the, the biggest difference for me is or like the hidden yardage that Tyrod covers up for. Tyrod is so much more willing to run for one yard instead of holding on to the football or throw the football away. And the reason why that matters throughout the course of a game, you guys notice, is like when you throw the ball away on second down and it's now third and three instead of third and 13 because you don't take a sack, you might still punt, but that 10 or 12-yard difference, the other team gets the ball field position. Mm -hmm. And like when you're you're trying to find a way to score points and win a football game and you're up 14-7 instead of being up 14-13, it has a massive difference. And so that's the biggest difference with Tyrod and Daniel right now is that Tyrod is so much more willing to make the right play rather than just to make a good play in relation to Daniel. You know, I I believe that is true as well. But when you look at this team, it's about finding positive momentum. When you think about the New York Giants before Tyrod Taylor became the quarterback, it was such negativity surrounding this offense. Now you look at Saquon Barkley being healthy, the play he makes on the option route to get the touchdown, Darren Waller scoring his first touchdown. This offense just seems to be moving more on pace with Tyrod Taylor than it does with Daniel Jones. And you're absolutely right. They're going to play Daniel Jones when he comes back. And we always say maybe watching someone else helps. Brian Dayball should also take a page out of the book of the play out of the playbook with Tyrod Taylor yeah. and do some of those things with Daniel. Yeah, obviously, having Barkley back makes an enormous difference. Sure does. Next up is our wake-up call. Jordan Love trying to bring the Packers from a come-from-behind win against Denver yesterday, and then this happened. Here's the snap. J-Lo looks to throw. Plenty of time. Rainbows deep down the right side, and it's oh. intercepted. Intercepted by the Broncos. P.J. Lockett, and down he goes. And that's it. Game, set, match. Uh, So Jordan Love began this Mm. season. We were all excited. He had a 78 QBR, six touchdowns and no picks. Since then, it's been a struggle. You see the QBR has dropped substantially, and he has thrown the seven interceptions. Ryan. When you look at that last pass, go back to the Las Vegas Raiders loss on on Monday night. Christian Watson gets behind Amik Robinson. He holds it a little bit. He underthrows it. He allows a 5'8 guy to pick off a pass you're throwing to a 6'4 guy. Here you have another opportunity where it's one-on-one with Justin Simmons in a quarter-quarter halves look, and you allow the backside safety to make this play. If you throw this ball, and Dan can tell me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. this ball should land somewhere by the S in Broncos in the end zone. And now it's my guy or no one. By trying to aim this ball, by guiding it, you underthrow it. And this happens when you're unsure. This happens when you start to make mistakes. How does Matt LaFleur and and Jordan Love fix this, Dad? Because that's the bigger question moving forward. The word that you use, guide, is spot on. That ball should absolutely land where that Broncos S is at 100%. Um, The guiding of the throws right now is concerning. 
And then the where are we looking, you know, why are you throwing the ball there? Like that, he throws a stick route versus man coverage to tight end. You should throw that ball to the outside um, out route very quickly. He doesn't throw the inside slant here versus cover two. He throws the flat route. The corner's sitting there waiting for it. Third and four, we got formation into the boundary. We force a fade route yeah. and no one actually wins. So there's a lot of like, why are we throwing it there for me right now? That ball should go to a check down over the ball instead of the cover two corner. So there's there's too much of that for me. Like, why are we? And remember in the preseason, I was like, he's throwing the ball to the right spot all right. the time. Yeah. yeah, That's the difference for me when it comes to where it is right now. And I think Matt LaFleur has to figure out why in the guiding. The last thing I'd say is this. The, the thing, can we put up that clip on the third and 20 reception real quickly? Watch his feet. Like, watch how bouncy he is up and down. There's no, like, I'm going to put my back foot into the ground and try to look at it, look at it. He's hoppy. You know, like, he's, see how yeah, hoppy yeah, he is? Yeah, yeah. There's no, like, I feel there's no force from the ground there. That shows up too often on tape. Too, though, he watched a dude throw like this for four years, though. Totally, but that dude's... But he's different. But, but, but what I'm saying is you watch and you learn from a guy who can do certain things yeah. that you can't. Yeah. Let's yeah, make sure 100%. it's clear what you're saying. You're yeah. saying that a breakdown in fundamentals from there from love might happen, at least in part because he saw Aaron Rodgers yeah, you, do it. Like Aaron Rodgers got to watch Brett Favre play football, but they had a very similar skill set when yeah. it came to arm talent. Yeah. Jordan Love doesn't have that skill set. He doesn't have set. that, that he doesn't, pop yeah, he doesn't. He's not able to just fling it out there or flick it the way we saw Aaron Rodgers. So some of those fundamentals need to carry over week to week. Those are things that he needs to focus on yeah, because if he doesn't, you get some of these throws. Rex has a wry smile Yeah, because I'm, I might have missed that question, but I've been right on this kid and I told you guys that after week two push the break no this one loves me right rookie, more than you more, no, well, not greedy. a rookie rookie quarterback all right he's been in the league now for four years yeah I saw the same stuff in college when he threw 17 interceptions in 13 games that's why I said why the hell are they drafting this kid all right when they were in a championship game mm-hmm. and I'm never gonna back off of it because I don't believe I think the kid's got NFL talent Okay, especially mobility and things that I really like. However, he's so inconsistent, and, and he did. He did a lot of great things in this game, but that's a team that gave up 70 points to a team. Yeah, yeah. So, to me, it, it's just he makes the big mistakes at the wrong time, and that's what we've seen out of this kid. Yeah, the, the, the Broncos have had, and they've gotten a little better the last yeah. few weeks, but generally the worst defense in the NFL, and the Packers had nothing. Yeah through the first portion of that game. Yeah, and I think that one of the most concerning things, again, the mechanics, they got to figure out why he's throwing the ball in certain places, the guiding of the football. They ran the ball relatively well again yesterday. So in that offense under Matt LaFleur, to run the ball well and to run the ball efficiently and still struggle in the pass game, outside of some plays, like their spacing is bad in some plays, that, that's got to have your you know, you know what's also scary, Dan? When the game is under control, when you're on behind, when he's not just getting to play backyard football, this team isn't very good. You think about yeah. the New Orleans Saints. You're down 17 nothing going into the fourth quarter before you make that comeback where he can kind of get like, free-willing and dealing, way, right? Yeah. Las Vegas Raiders, you're down going into halftime against a team that's having trouble producing points. And we get the same thing here yeah. with the Denver Broncos, who aren't good defensively and has an offense that's struggling as well. And so when this team has to play in structure, when things need to be about putting the football exactly where you need to, Jordan Love hasn't played well in those times. A huge lineup coming your way the end of this month. Look at all the things we have for you, including an NBA Friday doubleheader, Heat and Celtics, Warriors and Kings. Got the Mexico City Grand Prix Sunday afternoon on ABC. And then next week, the Lions will host their first Monday night game since 2018. 
as they square off against the Raiders. All right, coming up, trouble for Tua. Miami shows they weren't ready for the stage last night. Dan and RC are going to show you exactly how big play slay put an end to this game. That's next. Get up on ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back on Get Up, let's do Sunday superlatives over the course of the weekend. Dan, what was the most impressive thing you saw? Tyson Bagent, this undrafted rookie, yeah. gets the opportunity to start for the Chicago Bears and wins the game at home yep. and destroys the Las Vegas Raiders. What an unbelievable story for him. You know, his words, never give up on your own dream. The fact that he played so well, distributed the football, threw on the run, was super accurate with it. What an incredible story and weekend for that young man. Kudos to Tyson Bajan. Awesome Division stuff, two player in college. It was the Bears' first home win since last September. Oh. Shut what, up. What, I mean, I'm dead serious. Rex, who was your biggest disappointment? Oh, the Lions. Uh, obviously, my Lions, Dan's Lions, your Lions. Yeah. But you know what? It was so disappointing because it was a big moment for them yeah. against a great opponent. We expected, hey, they're really there. Look at these new Lions. But, dang, they took a big step back. Now, look, they can grow from it. I know they've been on the road three out of four games. But this was a huge disappointment. And not the fact they lost but how bad they lost. For sure. Then, RC, what was your favorite play? My favorite play was this Miles Garrett block. Like, a lot of times when you see this, the guy kind of touches the lineman or he has to take a step in order to do this. This dude is face-to-face, eye-to-eye with the lineman, gets over the top of him, doesn't touch him, and blocks the football. He's an absolute freak show. He's an alien. And he said it, too. They asked him, how difficult is it to do this? He said, if you're me, not very. But for other people, (laughs) probably really hard. And and you know what? It's not. He said that. that. It's not arrogance if it's true. He was the best player in the NFL yesterday, right? Lamar Jackson was unreal. There's a lot of great, but Patrick Mahomes, Miles Garrett was the best player in the league. The best part about that play to me is this. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. The dude is uber rich, and he's making plays on special special teams. teams, That's Uh, what's important about a leader of any team. I was watching that when it happened. I thought he caught it. And and then at first time, I thought he caught it. I'm watching him running. I looked from this angle. It looks like he catches it. Look, Boom, where's the ball? I thought he almost hit him in the face. Remember, they put in a rule because the only way for most humans, to his point, to do that was to be able to – like step on or yeah. push off of the yeah. offensive lineman. Yeah. And the fact that he, he lands on one leg. But this dude, this dude is 285 pounds oh. and, and, and freaking made out of this brick wall back here. And he's able to do that. Like that is what Miles Garrett is doing this season is the next step up from what we've seen Aaron Donald do at the tackle position yeah. from an athletic standpoint. Yeah, God made that play. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> My goodness. When he was born. So that, that – 
may have been the best defensive player of the day yesterday. The biggest defensive play of the day was made by Darius Lay late at night. And Dan and RC are going to give you a touchscreen, Rex. I want you close on this one because you'll like it. In many ways, the game swings. It's third and eight. They're driving late in the football game. And then Darius Slay finds a way to have that huge interception off of Tua Tunga-Vailoa. And the way that happens is the story of everything. I want everyone to see it. So this is Darius Slay up at the top of the screen. He's playing off-man coverage. They're trying to throw what we call a Rail route or a little set route to Mostert at the back. It's okay, Dan, running back to the beginning, yeah. I want to show you something. And Rex knows Wait. this as well. A lot of times when we have this sort of alignment where the slot is off of the football and we have number one on the ball, we will get the corner to press. Okay. But Darius Slay is playing off for this reason. Yeah. He knows when he gets this sort of split between one and two, they can get a switch route That's or it. a switch release. So he wants to be able to not only see through to the quarterback, okay. but be able to avoid the trap. And that's huge with everything that happens on that play. He does it beautiful job of playing that third and eight off man coverage leads that interception now a couple things for me offensively that are a story of the game or story of this play so you see how these defensive tackles are so wide those guys are really in like five techniques what we would call our four eyes they're on the tackles right these these are the defensive tackles that are on yeah. my offensive tackles usually in there now immediately what happens to my offensive line when they Great get into space. that situation yes this we have to expand think of an accordion we have to expand look at the ball gets snapped there is already a seam in my offensive line yeah. just because those defensive tackles are And that's the big piece too, so right? We want, to make it, we want to make it a slinky. I hate slinkies, by the way, but we want to make it a slinky where everything is stretched out, yeah. and now we can't compress from outside in when you're talking about rushers. And what you're going to get is Sweat is going to get chipped. Our tight end is going to chip, and he's just going to lean onto that chip. Now, watch what happens. This is not a good throw it's by the tackle in stunt here, too. Yeah, and look, but this pressure inside yeah. impacts or, or kind of forces Tua to fall away but here, on that So throw. here's what I don't understand, Dan, and maybe you can explain this to me. We're going to get a double move from the outside by Jalen Waddle, Waddle yes. which ends up straightening him out. He actually has Darius Slay beat because Slay is reading through to Tua Tungavaloa. When he straightens up, he gets right back to where Mostert is running and actually clearing the linebacker. Yes, yeah, I don't love the spacing for yeah, us offensively be right wide. here between these receivers and back. I think there's something going on play design-wise because yeah. I would never want my wide receiver to be going in that same direction, specifically in man coverage as my tailback. And then you see Darius Slay. The thing for me, RC, he never takes his eye off the quarterback. Yep. How? Why? Why is he able to but, do that? Because here's the thing, right? It, this, the field is now condensed. He knows he doesn't have to contend with Jalen Waddle's speed if he can track the football Ooh. here. You want to slip underneath at the end zone anyway and make him play through the hands. Rex, right now yeah. you're thinking we're going to make Tua Tungavaloa make the perfect pass, especially Absol- high red Absolutely. And the thing down the field you have vision as a DB, as we know, you have vision. But you're right. Waddle never should have come back yeah. on that double move. That that brought Slay close because Slay would have had to stay stay with him. So the spacing to me, that's a problem, and that's been a problem in this offense. That's why several times you'll see two receivers in the same spot or whatever. I'm not so so sure why they did a, a it, but the wheel shouldn't the wheel be a little wider? Yeah, you but want you know, the wheel a little bit wider on that. I think that pass rush. Yeah, like I do oh, think no those question. wide tackles make it so hard on an offensive line. But then you have yeah. to think Miami does this though. Miami's favorite play is they give you a seam, they give you a rail down the sideline, yeah. and they push someone to the flat. So let's figure out what the, the, what, what the thread of commonality between what the Eagles did defensively and the Bills did defensively, the two teams that have slowed down slash stopped 
this high-flying Miami offense. It seems to me it's not switching up on everything like that. You told me that after that Buffalo game. Everyone just kind of had their area, let them do right. what they want, and we'll guard them wherever they went. And it looks to me like this is a similar play that's But the, the only way you can do that is if you never have to press defensively, Correct. which means your offense has to play well. Correct. And that's the thing is to not overreact to the motions and to really very much so like when Tua stares one way, Don't move. That, that defense doesn't move. Mm-hmm. I think the saying is early in the down, landmark, late in the down, eyes. You got to get him to hold the football. That's the key uh, in stopping Tua. Tua's the best in the league when he gets the ball out in rhythm. Yes, he is. When he holds it, his numbers come down, and he's actually below average. So I think that was the key in this game. I love these touchscreens where you guys do it. I think I hope everyone at home learns as much as I do from them. And you should have heard Rex commenting along <laughs> as you were leash, you know. Monday night football is in Minnesota. We got Brock Purdy and the five and one Niners taking on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. That's eight Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes with Peyton and Eli. Once again on ESPN2, everyone here likes the Niners tonight. First take is coming up next. Did the Eagles make a statement last night, or did the Dolphins make one for all the wrong reasons? And is Kansas City the most complete team? First take, Molly, Stephen A., Shannon, Rex, RC, and Dan will all be there right after we wrap up Get Up. All right, we got some business here. Tomorrow night, NHL triple header. Caps, Maple Leafs at 6. Connor Bernard of the Blackhawks will follow that. Flyers take on the defending champs in the night. Cap Plus will have frozen frenzy. Whip around coverage of every game. 8 Eastern on ESPN2. Coverage begins with the point at 5 Eastern. One more look at Dan's 40 today, which uh, we all enjoyed. We enjoyed the haircut. We enjoyed the white shorts. Right, RC? Yeah, I just, I didn't, I'm glad he didn't, you know, have a tough stomach day. But when you look at Chubby Dan, I thought this was very good. Great off of the line. Finished strong. All right. And then we finish with the traditional Dan joke. Such a bad look right there, man. Uh, okay. Your hair is so much we're better. A week, we're a week from Halloween, so we're going to keep it going. You got 15 seconds. Come By on. the way, I got a lot of Prince comments on your outfit today. Um, what did the skeleton say to the vam- vampire? I don't what know. What did he? You suck. So did that joke. <laughs> <laughs> so did that joke. First take starts now.